Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Omar, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And today, we are in our fourth week of the series called Marriage on the Rocks. And it's been terrific so far as we have dived into God's Word to see how we can strengthen our marriages. So thank you again for tuning in. By the way, today, we are at our Doral location. You know, I don't know if you know this, but earlier this year, we launched a brand new campus in the heart of Doral. And it has been amazing so far. It's a stellar facility, it was an amazing worship center. The foyer is beautiful. And we have a state-of-the-art kids ministry for your kiddos. And so listen, if you live in central or northern Miami-Dade, I wanna encourage you that when we open up our, our, our physical campuses again on October 3rd and 4th, that you come and be part of this campus. It's really, really an amazing facility, all right? So before we dive into God's Word, are you all ready? Yeah? Hey, I'm excited to dive into God's Word. So go ahead and open up your apps, your Christ Fellowship apps, and your Bibles, and let's get ready to study God's Word. And turn, so turn, go to Colossians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 5, all right? So wherever you find yourself, just follow along as I read. It says this. It says, so husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. For the husband is the what? Is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. So the husband is the leader of the home. You know, one of my fondest memories growing up back in Puerto Rico was when my grandfather used to take me out on his boat along the coast. And we used to go see these huge tankers that were parked, that were docked out there. And I remember as a little boy, I would just look at these tankers, these huge ships, and I'd just, just be in awe of their sheer size. And during this time, a story came out about a ship very similar to the one that I used to see in Puerto Rico. And the name of the ship was the Exxon Valdez, the Exxon Valdez. Now, follow the story here. Because back in March of 1989, the Exxon Valdez actually left his, the port of Alaska and was making its way down to Long Beach, California. But as it was, it was making its way down south across Prince William Sound, it actually crashed into a rocky reef. And folks, when it crashed into that reef, it ended up spilling 10.8 million gallons of oil. And folks, this was world news. Why? Because this is the biggest oil spill ever. And, and, and family, the effects of the spill were devastating. To begin with, you, there were about 300,000 animals that passed away in this whole, in this whole process. The crews that came up, that, came, that went up there to, to, to clean up and to address the issue ended up with long-term health disorders after this. And about 1,800 miles of coast were affected for a long time because of this whole spill. And so as all these news articles started coming out of Alaska, the one, the one question that everyone had was, how in the world, how in the world could this have happened? You know, a ship that had so much riding on it, that so much, had so much investment in, how could it be that this huge ship just run into this rocky reef. And what they quickly found out, get this, is that the reason that this ship ran into that rocky reef is because of a lack of leadership. A lack of leadership. You see, as they investigated, they found out that the captain of that ship, instead of being at the helm of it, leading that ship, 
guiding that ship, protecting that ship. Instead, he was intoxicated and was nowhere to be found. And so because of it, this ship who had so much invested in just was just going by itself without leadership and it ended up crashing into the rocks. And because of it, it will never ended up being the ship that it, it was envisioned to be. Now, family, let me just bring all that story over to our time together because, folks, what an image of how many marriages end up on the rocks. And by that, I mean that just like a lack of leadership led the Exxon Valdez to crash into the rocks. Listen, just like that. And here's the big idea as we're diving to God's word. There are many marriages that end up on the rocks simply because there is a lack of leadership in the marriage. A lack of leadership causes many marriages to struggle. And who knows, maybe you're out there right now and you're watching and you're wondering, Pastor, who is supposed to be the leader of the home? Because I don't want my marriage to crash into the rocks. I don't want my marriage to struggle. So who's supposed to be the leader? Is it supposed to be the one who has the strongest personality in the marriage? Is it the one that makes the most money in the marriage? Is it a tag team effort between a wife and a husband? Who's supposed to be the leader of the home? Well, we're going to find out from Ephesians chapter 5. So again, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And today I have three thoughts for you on who is supposed to be the leader of the home and what does that entail, all right? So write this down as point number one. Husbands are called to be the leader of the home. Now let's go back to the passage for today and read it again. Let's do what it says. So it says, husbands... Love your wives. And I covered this last week, right? We, we talked about how husbands are, to, are supposed to sacrificially love their wives and do not be harsh with them. And now listen to what Ephesians chapter 5 says because it expands on the book of Colossians. It says this. It says, for the husband is the what? Head. Is the what? The is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now, in your Bibles, go ahead and circle the word head just for just a moment. Because the word head there in the original Greek text, you know, we always like to remind you that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. Well, the word there for head is the word for a physical head, but just like in the English, but it implies leadership. In other words, the husband is the leader of the marriage. Now, keep in mind that even though both husband and wife, they both have equal worth before God, they both have equal dignity, but the reality is that as we see in Scripture is that husbands and wives, even though they have equal worth, they have different roles. And the role of the husband is to be the leader of the home, and the role of the wife is to support the leadership of the husband by encouraging him, praying with him, and following his lead. Now, when we talk about this whole concept of a husband being the leader of the home, listen, this is not something that some men at some point came together and said, you know what, we're going to be the leaders of the home. Or this is something that has been developed through the, through the history of the church. But instead, listen, this is something that is a, a God-given role. This role as the leader of the home is something that was, has been giving, given to the husband by God himself. In fact, notice what the passage states. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, right? The leader of the home of the wife, 
even as, or, or just like Christ is the head of the church, his bride, his body, and is himself its savior. So church family, notice that the husband's leadership of the home it, it, it's, it's derived from Christ and it's supposed to follow the relationship between Christ and the church. And, and church families, and because this is a God-given role, I want you to pay uh, close attention for this, to this point. When it comes to the marriage, the Lord is going to hold the husband first responsible as to the condition of the marriage. Now, let me state that again because it's important for you to understand. Even though, right, the wife will be held accountable for her actions in the marriage, the Lord will first hold the husband ultimately responsible for the state and the condition and the health of the marriage. You know, it's interesting. If you go back to the book of Genesis, after Adam and Eve fell, right, they, they committed the first sin, the Lord came down to the garden to have a conversation with Adam and Eve. And even though they both sinned, if you recall, the Lord said, the Lord said Adam, where are you? Why? Because since he is the leader of the home, of the marriage, God was holding him first responsible for their actions. You know, just to make it in a more modern context, you know, for us to understand, imagine you and your wife are at home just watching TV, and all of a sudden, listen, you hear this. You hear a knock on the door, and your wife gets up and opens the door, and lo and behold, it is the Lord who's standing at the door. And the reason that he's paying a visit today is because he wants to check the state, the health, of the marriage. And so if the wife opens up the door first, the Lord's going to say, let me speak to the man of the house. Let me speak to your husband. Why? Because ultimately, God has given this role of leadership to the husband. So the natural question that comes out of all this, right, when we hear the husband is the leader of the home, is that what does that leadership entail? We'll write this down as big number two. Husbands are called to lead, listen, in spiritual matters, in spiritual matters. In fact, listen to how the passage continues. It says this. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water by the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And so notice, it's clear from this passage in Ephesians that just like Christ, right, leads the church spiritually, right, the leader of the church, make no mistake about it, it's not pastors, it's Christ, right? Christ is leading his church just like that, Husbands are called to be the spiritual leaders of the home. Now, when this topic of spiritual leadership in the home comes up, listen, this is a big, big topic. 
Because not only are there a lot of questions about what it means for a, man, for a husband to be the spiritual leader, there's a lot of confusion about what, what this means. Because so many people, what exactly does that mean? Does it mean that the husband has to Bible thump the wife with scripture or have her sit down and listen, I'm going to teach you scripture or be some sort of spiritual giant or have some sort of special abilities, right? What, what exactly is that? In fact, when I've met with couples in marriage counseling, the one common objection or complaint that a lot of women have because of their husband is that they, according to their mind and to their perspective, their husband doesn't lead them spiritually. So listen, this is a big, big issue in marriages today, especially when it comes to marriage counseling. So what exactly does it mean all right, for a husband to lead his wife spiritually. Well, write this down at small letter A. It means that husbands are responsible to lead by setting the pace spiritually. They're supposed to lead by setting the pace spiritually. Now, I understand that every marriage is different. You know, you have some marriages where the husband is the more mature believer. He's a little further along than his wife in his walk with the Lord. Uh, there's other marriages where they're pretty much at the same place, where they're similar in their walk with the Lord. They're at a similar place in maturity. And then you got other marriages where the wife is the one who is more spiritually mature, that she has been a believer the longest, that she knows more scripture and all these different things. But here's what I want us to understand, because this is important. When it, when it comes to this. Husbands, even though your wife, even if your wife is more spiritually mature and further along in her walk with Christ than you are, it does not mean that you cannot lead spiritually. Okay? Just because you feel your wife is ahead of you doesn't mean that you can be a leader of the home. Because ultimately, what you are responsible, husband, in, in the marriage is to ensure that you are setting the pace spiritually. You know, think of it as a pace car when it comes to car racing. You know, if you're not too familiar with what a pace car is, in every single race, whether it's NASCAR or IndyCar, there's always a pace car out in the front at the beginning of the race and towards the, in the middle, there's different moments where there's a pace car that comes around. And so here's what's interesting. Sometimes, very few times, the pace car may be uh, another race car, but for the most part, it's always just a regular car, right? And he, and he leads them around. It's interesting about this, this car, the pace car, is if you think about it, it's not the fastest car in the track. It doesn't have the biggest engine necessarily of all the rest of the cars. It doesn't even have the best suspension out of the rest. However, notice, it's setting the pace. It's leading the rest of the cars. And family, church family, what an image of a husband. Because listen, a husband doesn't necessarily need to be the most spiritually mature person in the home. However, he is responsible for setting the pace spiritually where all the rest of the family follows the lead of the husband. So let's talk about how this unfolds practically. You know, when it comes to the weekends, listen, a husband that's setting the pace spiritually will be the first one that, despite of what's happening on the weekend, 
Regardless of the weather, regardless of the sports games, a husband is the one that wakes up on the morning and the weekend and says, listen, family, we know we have a lot to do this weekend, but listen, going to worship God is a priority. And so the husband is the one that ensures that everyone in the family, the wife, the, the little ones, hey, let's all get ready to go worship God the way we are supposed to. Or when it comes to a situation where there's a, you know, an important moment in the life of the family, Listen, the husband is the one who ensures, he reminds people, hey, let's pray before we do this. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. He might not have to pray, but at least says, hey, let's pray. And he might even ask somebody in the family to pray, but he's the one who ensures that there's prayer before an important part. Or maybe perhaps when it comes to something, a tragedy, something that bad that happens in the middle of the, in the, in the life of the family. You know, the husband even though he might not have all the answers, he, he reminds his family quickly, hey, listen, we have a good God who is all sovereign, who will never leave us or forsake us, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, a, 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 a husband that sets the pace is someone that comes to serving. He's the one who leads by example. You know, and he looks around his family and he ensures that his family that his kids and his wife are using the gifts that God has given them to serve the Lord and serve his people. And even when it comes to your money, to your finances, to the way you handle your money, listen, the husband who sets the pace spiritually is the one who strives to honor the Lord with their finances, wants to honor the Lord, giving back to, the, to, to him, and helps everyone in the family understand that everything they have is because God opened his gracious hand and provided for the family. You see, a husband doesn't have to be the most mature person in the family. It's great when he is, but if he's not, he can still lead by setting the pace spiritually. And so husband, ask yourself this question. If someone were to ask your children, who is the leader of the family? Who would they say? Ideally, they would say, Daddy, he's the leader, the spiritual leader of the home. So I want to encourage you, listen, husbands, that you're watching right now. I want to challenge you that whether you're newlywed or you've been married for a long time, whether you are young or old, listen, I want to challenge you today to start leading and setting the pace at home. Listen, you can still today, regardless of what's happened in the past, listen, today you can start leading and God will help you and show you how to lead. Which, by the way, just like I challenge a husband to start taking steps in spiritual leadership and setting the pace at home, I want to challenge the wives as well. Because wives, listen, it is your responsibility to make it easy for your husband to lead at home. You know, oftentimes, listen, you need to, wives, you need to allow your husband to lead in the way that God has entrusted him to. Don't be coercing him. Don't be pushing him. Don't be get, setting an environment where he doesn't feel comfortable leading. Instead, listen, make it easy for him. Let it be something that you encourage him, that you allow him, that, that, that you do. And you know what? Oftentimes I've seen men who genuinely want to take a step in leading their home, setting the pace, but because their wife makes it so difficult or their expectations are so high of them, that the moment they take a little step even to start leading, 
they feel like they're discouraged and they give up and they don't, and they don't want to lead anymore. And so listen, women, leading is not easy for men. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. It's something that, they, that we learn as we go. So my encouragement to you wives is listen, make it easy for your husband and don't frustrate him in the whole process, all right? Because I know that if you, if you allow your, your husband to lead the way, listen, God will show you grace and God will show grace to the husband, all right? So I wanna encourage you, make it easy for him to lead. So not only are husbands supposed to set the pace spiritually, but also write this down as letter B, husbands are responsible to lead by setting the moral direction, the moral direction of the family. You know, the truth is that every single family is going to uphold a certain amount, a certain set of morals that they will live by. And so the husband, you are called to set the moral standard in the home that accords not to what society says, but what to God's word says. Whatever set of morals God's word says, listen, you are responsible to upholding that set of morals. You know, a while back, I remember there was, Ashley and I had heard of a TV show uh, that everyone was raving about, everyone was talking about. So we said, you know what? Everyone's talking about this TV show. Why don't we check it out? And this started off pretty good. First couple episodes, nothing major, nothing big. But there came a point where some things were happening in the show that were evident that were not in accord to God's word. And folks, the moment that I saw that as a husband, Here's what I did. I said, hey, Ashley, hey, babe, let's turn this off. Why? Not only because it, was a, it, it didn't accord to, to the moral, to God's moral that he said in his word, but I also wanted to protect Ashley from that. And listen, there's no way, there's no way that my wife is going to tell me about, um, about an issue that we're watching. No, no, I'm going to be first to the scene. I'm going to say, no, 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 we're not watching anymore. I'm not, we're not going to watch this anymore. And so husbands, again, I want to challenge you. I'm going after you guys today. I'm going to challenge you today. Set the moral standards for your home. Don't let your wife be the one coercing you or reminding you that we shouldn't be watching this. Don't, be your, don't, be the, don't let the wife or your children remind you of certain things. Don't go around and say dirty jokes or jokes that are out of place. You know, oftentimes guys could relieve pressure by saying these off-color jokes or, you know, jokes that we should not be said. And listen, your children are listening to the way you're leading the family. And so I want to encourage you, listen, husbands, step up to the plate, all right, and set the moral direction of your home. Because, listen, as, as Camila, my daughter's growing up, and God willing, we're able to have, we have more children, they need to know that daddy, know, that daddy there's a set of moral standards at home, and we're going to follow. They need to know that just like they do in your own family. Which, by the way, if you're a single guy right now, if you're a young adult, maybe you've been divorced and you're looking for another spouse in the, in, at some point, I want to challenge you, listen. If, you, if you're single right now and you cannot lead yourself, if you're not able to uphold a moral standard that accords to God's word now that you're single, listen, it's not going to happen once you get married. That's the truth. If you think that you're going to somehow be a, a, a strong spiritual leader, by, you know, if you cannot lead yourself now, you cannot lead your home once. You, so right now in your singleness, 
You need to focus on strengthening your walk with Christ so that when you go into a marriage, when you begin to have children, you're able to lead them the way that God has entrusted you to do. Which also means, listen, if you're out there, if you're a a young lady or maybe a lady who's got divorced and looking to remarry again, I want to challenge you. Listen, before you focus so much on the looks, before you focus so much on the charm, on the sense of humor, look for someone that can not only lead themselves, but listen, upholds God's word. That is, upholds the truth and the morals that God has said in his word. Because listen, if you think that that man, when he gets married, is going to become a spiritual giant and lead your family, you're still mistaken. And many of the times I have married women, I've married couples, right, that I sense that he's not all that he should be, but the wife wants to move forward. And I knew they were going to have struggles and they ended up having struggles because somehow, some way, women think, the ladies think that somehow, some way, when I get married, my husband will change and he will turn that corner. Listen, if he cannot lead himself spiritually now, he's not going to do it when he gets married. And yes, there's grace and he may improve absolutely. But for the most part, listen, marriages struggle because of this reason. And so listen, not only are husbands responsible to lead in spiritual matters, but also write this down as big number three. Husbands are also to lead in physical matters, physical matters. And the first area is write this down as small letter A. Listen, you are to lead through protection, protection. Now listen to what the passage states. It says, husbands, love your wives, sacrificially love your wife as Christ loved the church And what's the next phrase? Gave. Gave. He gave himself up for her. Now, when you read the phrase, gave himself up for her, we hear the saving sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the church. You see, when Jesus Christ came down to this earth and he gave his life on that cross, he was not only dying for your sins, but in a sense, he was actually protecting you. And what he was protecting you was from the wrath of God against all sin on humanity. And so in a sense, when you see that picture, when you envision Christ on the cross, yes, he's loving you. He, is, he wants to forgive you. He wants a relationship with you. But listen, let, that, let that, that, that posture be a posture of protection because he's ultimately protection, protecting you from the consequence of your sin. And family, what an image of what what husbands are called to do. Listen, husbands, you are called to protect your wife at all costs. You know, in my own mind, in my my own life, I have already settled it. That if there's ever comes a point where where it's either my life or Ashley's life, listen, I go and she stays. I've already settled it. There's no doubt about it. Because I am called to protect her at all costs, just like Christ protected us and gave his life for us. And you know what? If you're able to come to a point where you solidify in your heart that when it comes to it, if it's your life or her life and it's, it's your life, listen, in every single situation in life, you will protect your wife, right? So that's a big charge that God has given to you. But not only that, write this down as letter B. We're also called to lead through provision, through provision. Now listen to what the passage states. It says, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. And he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh. But what's the next word, everyone? 
a little louder. Nourishes. Nourishes and cherishes it just like Christ does the church. Now, circle the word nourish right there because the word nourish traditionally in Scripture, it's a word that is used to describe how parents provide for their children. But in this specific context, we see that it's actually referring to how the husband is to provide, nourish his wife. And so husbands, listen, here's what I want you to understand. Even if your wife makes more money than you, even if you're going through a season of unemployment, even if you are disabled and you really can't work in your traditional way, it doesn't mean that you don't bear the responsibility of making sure that the home is provided for. You bear that responsibility. To your bride should never feel that she bears a burden of providing for her family. Listen, this is something that a husband is responsible for, which let's just talk about how would he handle the finances at home because, you know, this finances are huge in a home, and so it's something that it's, it's good to talk about. At our house, at our home, I handle the finances. And the reason I handle the finances is because my undergrad degree was accounting. I'm comfortable with numbers. It's something that comes natural to me. And so I just do it. It's no big deal. And I help organize the whole, the, the, all of our finance, make sure that all the bills get paid, the mortgage, all of our expenses. But that doesn't mean that a wife cannot handle the finances. Because she might be a little gifted at that. She might be, have a knack for the details of it, making sure things are organized, things are not out of whack. But husband, even if your wife is responsible for just cutting the checks, you know, getting auto pay set up, all the stuff that has to do with the finances, it does not mean that you are not ultimately responsible for the finances. You see, you with integrity, even though you're not dealing with the details of finances in a everyday, you need to know what's happening in your home regarding your finances. You need to be aware whether or not you as a family are financial, financially viable. And so it's not like a husband, just because her, her wife is taking care of the details, you sit back and you ignore everything. That's not what you're supposed to do. You need to know with integrity, okay, that your family is provided for. Which also, I would just make a side note. You have a big responsibility, husbands, of making sure that you're not spending frivolous money, that you're not spending frivolously, that you're not spending money that you shouldn't be spending. Why? Because ultimately you need to lead by example. That is not to mean that you can't splurge at times and you and your wife and just buy things. That's not to say, but a husband should not be characterized as somebody who just spends a lot of the money from the home and puts his family in a bad financial decision, all right? So husbands, listen, let's be sure you're leading through protection and provision, all right? But let me just end with this. Just, and today I'm just going to end up with almost like a challenge. You know, for far too long, husbands, there's many husbands who have not been leading their families in the way they should, whether it's spiritually or even physically. They, they just have not been the husband, the fathers that God has called them to be. You may have been married for a long time, maybe short, it doesn't matter, but here's what I want to encourage you. Listen, today, I know this is a, it's a teaching that I'm challenging you a lot, but listen, I also want to remind you that there's hope. Regardless of whether you have been married 50 years, 
And even as an older man, you reflect in your life and you know you have not led, you can still start today. You can start leading and taking steps towards leading your family the way that God has entrusted to you. And so I'm going to give you two simple steps, right, to start. Number one is I want to challenge you. The first step is, and it's two C's. First one is confess. Listen, go before the Lord and confess to the Lord, I know that I have not led in these specific areas the way that you want me to lead. So come before the Lord in your own private time and confess that to the Lord. It's healthy for your soul to confess that to the Lord. But then also, I want to encourage you to confess it to your wife. And here's why. Because I believe that when you, when you acknowledge to your wife that you have not led in certain areas, there's healing that comes to your wife. There's moments that she realizes, okay, he understands. And there's healing that takes place when you just confess, acknowledge that to your wife. She's, she's your bride. Don't, don't feel like you can't. Listen, if you want your marriage to strengthen, you have to take these steps of just acknowledge and confess. And so after you've confessed, listen, the second thing is I want you to commit. Commit. Commit to taking steps in leadership. And the reality, look, is, is that all of us, all men, all husbands are in different stages of your life, right? Maybe you're single right now and you're looking, what's my next step? Well, I want you to, I, what I want to challenge you is commit to taking the next step in your spiritual leadership. Listen, if you have been someone who has never put a priority on, on the weekend service to come and worship God, start now. October 3rd or 4th, we're starting. Start committing yourself to, you know what? I'm going to commit myself to make sure that the family goes to church. Maybe it's the next step for you is just pray. Maybe for you it's uh, having a little devotional. There's great devotionals out there, things like the daily bread, just different devotionals that are out there that you can use, maybe have once a week with your family. Listen, ask the Lord, Lord, what is my next step? And the Lord will show you, here's the first step that you can take. And wives, and remind you, when you see your husband take that first little step, okay, into leadership, make sure you do, make it easy for him. Don't discourage him. Set him up almost like a T-ball. You know how you can just you can just put the T-ball so he can knock it out of the park? Do the same thing. Listen, make it easy for your husband. Don't have standards that are unreasonable. Let him lead. Leave it at the Lord's feet, and you see, you'll see. But husbands, back to you. If your marriage is struggling, if your marriage is not where it should be, again, it's a chance I've given you all serious. You cannot expect for God to strengthen, heal your marriage, bless your marriage if you're not even willing to take steps here and start leading. And so husbands, today's a day. Confess and commit and you will see that the Lord will lead you in the way you should go. Let me pray for us now before we end. Father God, we are just so grateful that you've given us your word. And Father, as we just see in your word, we see that you have a design for our families, and Lord, even though the enemy wants to disrupt it and confuse us, Lord, we know that you have a plan for us. So Father, I want to pray for the husbands right now. Lord, I pray for the men, uh, that for the husbands, that you would just put this holy discomfort in their heart to want to take steps in leading their families properly. And for those men who are out there who are single, Father, I pray that there's a commitment today to be the man that you're calling them to be so that when they get married, they're able, Lord, to lead properly. And so, Father, thank you, Lord. I pray for a blessing of our marriages. And, Father, I pray that you continue to lead us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Was in Christ Fellowship. Before you go, before you turn off the broadcast, I want to remind you, next week we are concluding this series called Marriage on the Rocks. And we're going to talk about when there's conflict in the marriage, when there's fighting in the marriage, how do you fight? How do you argue in a way that doesn't separate you, but that preserves the union of your marriage, all right? So be tuned back in the next week. I know you're going to love it, all right? Love you all. Have a great week.